The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pit Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Dex with the I Am Pits podcast. And I know it's been a long, long time, but your boy is finally back. Finally out of the uh, abyss and the muck and the issues I've been going through. Man, it feels good to be back in front of the microphone. It feels good to be putting out some more content for you all. I missed y'all, man. I really did. I know I'm almost a month behind, but man, it's been a rough month. And like I said, I really missed you all, but man, I have been in the struggle. I'm not going to lie. I was at one point, man, I was really considering quitting the podcast and hanging it all up and just being done and walking away. You know, I've, I've not had the energy, the time or the desire to do the show, which is really odd for me considering I really enjoy doing this you know this is tell people this is a job this is a hobby you know you know when you play the video games you get side quests this is my side quest this is the thing I do for me on the side of my actual mission of being a police officer and serving the community but man I don't know I just got into this funk over the last couple weeks man just for everything going on and like I said it's been a couple crappy couple weeks and you know then I started to notice the signs that I was kind of in a battle with my PTSD. And you would think that I would notice these signs. And usually most of the time I do because I've had the PTS for a little while now. And I know the signs, but it's been so long since I've had issues and I felt normal just working, doing my job and doing my day to day thing that the signs kind of got past me. And I don't know what I chalked it up to or attributed it to just stress and just life in general. But, you know, the it all started with the loss of interest in the things I love, you know, not being able to smile no matter how great things were. And then I started withdrawing from friends, from family. Then I started having problems with sleep. Then came the nightmares. Then all of a sudden I started having anxiety attacks and I'm just sitting there like, man, what is going on with me? And then the next thing, you know, I had the all too familiar emotional numbness and that's when I realized I was like man it's the PTSD and like I said it's been so long since I've had any sort of issues that it just really got past me and I did not pick up on the signs I mean I guess it was just the combination of all I've been going through over the last couple months just you know the combo of some personal issues and some goals I've been trying to achieve outside of the podcast and you know just while doing the podcast, you know, I wear so many different hats in my life and, and just trying to keep up with all these different titles and everything I had going on. I think I, I was literally driving myself crazy, trying to be everywhere and be everything for everybody. And, you know, and also trying to run the podcast and trying to keep up with the news cycle and everything else. And I was getting overwhelmed. And I don't think people realize, you know, when you do a podcast, that's topical such as mine and you're a one man show 
and it's literally just you on the microphone. It's you in the editing. It's me in the advertising, putting out stuff out on social media. It gets a bit overwhelming. And I tell people, you know, this does not make me money. I do this for fun. And this costs me money. It costs money to have the, you know, the, uh, the application I use to record. It costs money to have the Podbean account. It costs money to, you know, interview people because I got to pay for the interview subscription, you know, for the software. And it costs me more. And this, this does not put money in my pocket. This is a costly hobby, but I really enjoy it, man. But like I said, people don't really understand how much work goes into this. For you to have just an hour, an hour and a half of content from me, it takes a lot, but it's something I have always enjoyed doing. But like I said, I knew something was wrong when I just didn't feel like doing it. And I had no clue that it was just me going through the motions of PTSD. Like I told you, you know, I'm a combat wounded veteran and I can't just blame it on combat, man. Your boy's had a rough life. I've had a lot of stuff happen in my life. I've got a lot of trauma in my life. You know, and being a police officer on top of it does not help. You know, anytime I take my kids out somewhere, you know, like we took our kids the other day for Memorial Day, we took them out to uh, Kentucky Kingdom. And I do this thing with my kids and I'm always joking and I always tell them like, hey, my father never took me to Kentucky Kingdom. And or like, hey, my father never took me bowling for my ninth birthday. Just always just joking. But my wife always tells me, Dexter, your trauma is showing, <laughs> you know, because I've always that's just. I just mess with my kids, but I throw it in their face, but to let them know how good of a life they have and how great of a father I am. You know, but it's just, I do that just joking, but I'm just like, man, thinking about like, you know, probably got some trauma, some real life trauma there. She ain't lying, man. She's definitely not lying, you know, but you know, between, you know, being a father, a cop a podcast and doing stuff with my book, man, I just get so overwhelmed. And I tell people, I try to keep the podcast as up to date as possible. And I also tell people, let people know this is not a, up-to-date, up-to-date podcast where I'm doing everything, every minute of what's going on in the world and the country and society. I just don't have time. And man, people don't realize, man, there's just so much information to keep up with in the podcasting industry, especially when you're talking about current events and the news. Like, man, it's been insane here the last month. I mean, we've had so much going on from LGBTQ stuff. I mean, the Durham report, there's just so much information pumping on a national level and on a, you know, a city level, a lower level, man, just so much. And you feel obligated when you have a podcast like mine to stay up to date with everything that's coming out. And, and it's just, it just got so much. And then on top of that, I'm working a ton of extra, extra duty off duty. You know, my last podcast I did on the 4th of April, I was in my patrol car watching a gate with my rifle in the front seat and I'm recording thinking like, well, if it goes down and I'm recording, I'm sure that'd be some great content off of all of a sudden to hear pop, 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 pop in the background, you know, but so it was just, <laughs> I was like, I hadn't done anything in a while and I knew I needed to put something out, but you know, man, now if I had some time and I kind of had to detach for a second because I found myself doing so much and trying so hard to keep up with everybody and all these other podcasts and all these guys on Instagram that man, anytime something happens on some of these guys page, they have a meme already out. They already have a video, a short video, and they're commenting on it. And I'm just like, man, I'm losing ground. But I just started thinking like, Dex, chill out, bro. Like you're you're not them. You're you. Your people, the people that listen, the people that know your podcast, know they're not getting the most up to date things. By the time I get it, man, it, people have already moved on to the next topic. 
So why am I sweating trying to stay up to date with everybody? I'm not supposed to step with everybody because that's not what this is. This is just you all enjoying a different and an alternative perspective from my point of view of what's going on in the world and society. That's it. I don't know why I was getting in my mind. I had to stay up to date with everything. And honestly, I think that's probably the issue with a lot of the culture and a lot of people today, and a lot of people in podcasts and just a lot of people in general. You know, there's two main podcasts I listen to when I'm not doing my podcast and I'm in my patrol car driving around. I love Dave Ramsey and I love Jocko, the Jocko One Link podcast. And honestly, I think it was a message for me because last week I heard both of them say during the same week, and I think I listened to these podcasts back to back. Both of them said, man, you don't have to have an opinion on everything. And I think I've been getting in my own way, feeling like I have to have an opinion on everything that comes out and everything that happens. And the truth is, I really don't. And the thing is, you can't have an opinion about everything because you don't know everything. I can't have an opinion about everything because guess what? I don't know everything. You know, I'm a cop. I'm a veteran. I'm a parent. I'm a husband. I'm an author. I'm a podcaster. I mean, the list goes on. I wear a lot of hats in this life. And there are many things that I can give my opinion on. But that doesn't mean that I should. I mean, our opinions, like, like we know this the old saying, opinions are like buttholes, man. Everyone's got them. Lord knows I've got one. I got an opinion about everything. But just because I got an opinion about everything doesn't mean that I should have to feel like I should have to speak on everything going on in America and society and the culture. You know, it's easy for some people to do that when they run a podcast that it's their literal job and they literally have a team of people that bring them a list of things they're going to talk about for the day that's already been researched and all the person has to do is go over it and read it. I'm not that. I don't have that team. It's just, team. you know what you can't spell? There's not an I in team, but there is an M-E, me. And me, I am the I am Pitts team. You know, So if I don't get to see it on the thing, it doesn't go on the show. There's nobody working with me. You know, I've had some people say, man, you ever thought about having a co-host? I was like, I thought about it, but it wouldn't make sense. Why? Because this is the I am Pitts podcast. And I am Pitts. Ain't nobody else Pitts. So it's just me. <laughs> wouldn't make a sense for me having a co-host. But I mean, it would be nice to have somebody come on and help. It's kind of a cheat day. Like when I have interviews, I tell people it's a cheat day for me. Because I don't have to do any research. Just to research on the person I'm interviewing. <laughs> you know, but there's it's just... You all probably want to hear my thoughts and views on certain things and topics, such as police incidents or police encounters. Why? Because I've been a cop for over a decade. I'm experienced in this in this realm. I hate to call myself an expert, but honestly, I'm more of an expert than most people when it comes to police matters, because I have the experience behind me. Kind of like the incident in Iowa that came out a week or two ago. But this young officer in Iowa on this traffic stop, I'm sure everybody's seen the video. They perform a traffic stop on this car. And next thing you know, the officer is in front of the car. The guy starts to move and the officer jumps on the hood of the car. And the guy pushes the gas and takes off with the officer on the hood of the car. And the officer is drawing down on this dude like, yo, stop the car. Stop the car. The next thing you know, the officer holsters his weapon. And now he's hanging on for dear life onto the hood as this guy is driving off. 
Yo, and then the officer gets thrown off the hood of the car and breaks his back. And I am glad that the officer is okay. Yo, but who would you want to hear from on that topic? Somebody that's been a cop for over a decade? Or somebody who thinks they know police work but ain't never done a day of police work in their life? I'm sure you want to hear my opinion. I'm sure you hear want to hear the opinion of a guy that's had over God knows how many traffic stops I've done in a decade. Who knows? I felony stops. Who knows? But that's something I know. I know that you don't put your ass in front of a vehicle with somebody with a warrant. You're not going to win. That's common sense, but common sense ain't common. And especially when it's a younger officer full of piss and adrenaline and wanting to make a name for himself. Yeah, of course, you're going to do some stupid and questionable things. I have too. But I'll be honest, I've never put myself in front of a speeding car just because I know I'm not going to win this battle, man. I'm made of skin and bones, dog. I'm not. <laughs> there ain't a V4, you know, a four cylinder under, under the hood on me. I'm not made of metal and plastic. Well, humans don't win versus an automobile. But that's just what happens when common sense goes out the window. So, you know, I feel like I can give you an honest opinion on that incident because Lord knows I've been in similar incidents many times. And, you know, thank God I didn't get hurt. Like, I didn't climb on the hood of a car. And I've always known, don't step in front of a moving vehicle, bro. You're going to get killed. So I can give my opinion on that. I mean, but honestly, you don't even got to really be a cop to give an opinion on that to say, why would I step in front of a moving vehicle? That should just be a general consensus among common sense having humans. But it's a little different when it comes to the one topic I really don't like. But everybody discuss, even me. Even though I will say I'm not a professional in this area and that's politics. And I, like everybody else, have an opinion and I have my views, but I am not an expert in the area. I'm not, you know, I'm just an angry, concerned, conservative American with an opinion on certain topics and the, the way that the direction of the country is currently flowing. That's it. You know, and I, I don't know. I don't know what all when it comes to government and politics. I just don't. Some people do. But I'm not that guy. You know, I have enough of the knowledge and base level experience. I know about the Constitution, but I don't know everything about the Constitution. I mean, you the average American out here does not know everything about the Constitution. But I have a little app on my phone and I try to read it whenever possible and keep up on it because that's our nation's founding document. And I feel like me as a police officer, I should be a bit more informed than the average American citizen about their rights. And responsibilities but every american should, should feel that way but most people don't but that's something i take personal and serious so i have an opinion on it but i'm not an expert on it and I, honestly i'm probably slacking i'm not probably i am slacking on that i think all americans are slacking on knowing the constitution in this country and knowing their rights that's something you everybody should know you shouldn't learn your rights on a traffic stop from a cop. You should know your rights as an American citizen well before you get stopped by any police officer. So you know when your rights are being infringed upon. Plain and simple. But, you know, when it comes to politics, it's just so different, man. You, we, you know, and I hate politics. Y'all know I do. I tell you all all the time. I hate politicians. They are slimy people. I just don't like them. And I try my best to stay away from politics on this show. But man, it's so damn hard. Eh? When the politics in this country has literally become a religion, politics is at the center of everything we do in America. And it's at the center of my job. And it, police work was never designed to be a place of politics. 
police work was designed to be a place of right or wrong. What does the Constitution say? This and that. That's it. Simple. And now the waters and police work has become muddied by politics. So I try to stay away from politics, but politics always seem to find me, especially when I do my job, man. And especially when I'm doing this podcast, because it's just everywhere. And for me, man, it's like I'm trying to keep up with the circus of American politics. And honestly, y'all, it gets exhausting. And to me, a bit, it seems pointless. I mean, you will lose your mind trying to keep up with everything going on in this country. You will lose your mind cutting on the news, constantly scrolling your feed on Twitter and Facebook, trying to keep up with everything going on in America. It's just so hard, man. I mean, and some people, they have an opinion and comment on everything. And man, and I don't know how they do it, honestly. I tried and I was just like, man, I'm going crazy, man. There are some influencers and some people out here, and I know that they have a team of people working with them. But there are some guys like Jericho Green. Love this guy. I just discovered him a couple weeks ago. I love his content, yo. But I'm just like, bro, how does this dude? The something minutes something happens, comes out. This dude has a video out yo in like minutes, and something funny and snappy to say about it and cracking jokes. And I'm just like, yo, how does this dude do it, man? And I don't know. And I'm just like, man. And I have to remind myself, like, I'm not that guy. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not the Drinking Bros podcast. I'm not, you know, not Dave Ramsey. I'm not Andy Frasillas. I'm not any of these people. I am Pitts. <laughs> that's who I am. But that's what I do. And that's what I know. And I was like, you know, this is what happens to a lot of us in our lives and in America. We get so caught up on what everybody else is doing and how they're running their ship. And we lose sight of what we're doing and who we are. And guess what? I got caught up in it. And that's when I was like, man, I had to check myself. And I was like, you know what, man? I just turned 39 on May 8th. And I want to make sure that I live to see 40 and beyond. And that's when I decided, man, you know what? I need to take a break. I need to step away from the podcast and all the craziness and politics and the news. And I just need to refocus and focus on what's in front of me right now. My family getting well, dealing with my PTSD and all those elements and my job, especially considering that at one point I was working like over the last couple of weeks, like man, 60, 70 hours a week, man. And so I didn't have much time for a whole lot in my life. Yo. And then trying to find time to do the podcast, I was burning the candle at both ends. And you can only do that for so long with so much. Yo. And I was doing it, man. And it caught up with me and it caught up with me something awful. You know, I realized over the last couple of weeks, man, I was like, man, I've kind of been an asshole to my family and my kids. Yo. And I was like, yo, that's man, that's not cool at all, man. And so I, that's when I realized I needed to really step back and step away. I didn't leave y'all because I wanted to. I left y'all because I really needed to for myself. But that's one thing you can always count on. The I Am Pitts podcast is always going to be here. It might not be as often and consistent as some people who don't have jobs that are able to do this for a living so they can give you, you know, comment after comment and episode after episode. I can't. But I also feel like that's what makes my show special because I am an actual real human being, an American with a real job and career with a family. So that, you know what that means? I am you. I understand your struggles. I am there with you. I'm in the dirt with you. 
I got to pay my taxes. I got to do all the same things y'all do. I got to balance, you know, marriage. I got to balance kids' sports, other kids' activities. I got two kids, man. I got to balance overtime. I got to balance paying bills. I got to balance doctor's appointments and getting to the gym and taking care of myself. I got to do all the same things you all do. So that's why I told y'all, you know, this is why this is my hobby. This is my side hustle. This is my side quest that I love doing. Like I, said, I don't get money for this, but it's it's you all that keeps me coming back and doing this because, man, I really love doing a podcast and the connections I get to make. And I know that there are people out there that listen to me and hear me and enjoy the content I bring. So I'm happy to be back with you all. But like I said, I'm being back, man. I'm just. I missed so much over the last couple of weeks. I mean, man, it was Mother's Day. I mean, Memorial Day was just the other day. I'll repeat to my fallen homies. You know, I wanted to do a special episode for y'all, but I, I just didn't have it in me, to, in the time to get it in my mind and do it. You know, I mean, man, I missed my birthday, man. I just turned 39 years old, y'all. Like, it's unbelievable when I think about it. Like, bro, this is my last deck, my last year in my 30s, man. It's the end of a decade coming for me next year. And I'm just sitting there like, man, I want to make sure that I'm happy and I'm healthy when I turn 40. You know, so I was like, man, I need to go ahead and step away and kind of get my priorities realigned and get better physically and mentally. And let me tell y'all, as somebody that's been alive 39 years, I can honestly say I don't remember all my birthdays, but I'm definitely going to remember my 39th birthday because this was probably one of the worst ones on the book, man. I had a gift card from the guys that were on my episode last that I interviewed, man, from the uh, the uh, the tactical guys from the company, man. And they gave me this nice gift card. And they, my wife said, let's go out for your birthday and let's have fun and celebrate your 39. Y'all, y'all man, I got to that restaurant and man, y'all got I had been working so, so freaking much. I was burnt out and tired, man. I had worked, I think, since the shooting in Louisville, I had maybe three days off total in that time frame and these were three days back to back these were just three sporadic days then i had you know glock transition course at work and rifle course and all this man and just working overtime and extra money oh man and then yeah i'm sitting in this restaurant with my kids and i can i didn't realize that at the time but i was suffering from ptsd stress and burnout just a bad mixture of everything you don't want in life yo it just I'm sitting there and I'm just like just growling and snarling. Everybody wants to talk and I just don't want to talk. I don't want to be around people. I'm just like, man, look, I don't even want to eat. Hey, bro, give me a salad, dog. <laughs> you know, usually I'm all down for a good, healthy, nice steak. And I just I didn't even have the energy to eat. And so I'm just sitting in this restaurant, my family snarling. And I'm sure the waiter waiters looking at me like, bro, what's wrong with this dude? This dude's an asshole. Family sitting there smiling. He's the angriest man at the table. And, 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 and I don't know what, man. I was so mad. You know, and then I just, dinner was over. I just got in my car and drove home by myself because I was just done with life, man. I was like, I just need to check out God. I just want to go to sleep. And so, man, I went home and went to sleep and got some rest. And, of course, I felt a little better the next day. Had to apologize to my kids and my wife and had to humble myself like, oh, yeah, that wasn't me, man. Y'all know daddy loves y'all. Daddy's fun, but daddy's tired. Daddy's real tired. <laughs> and Like you just don't have it in you, man, when you're battling so many things at once. And I just didn't have it in me. So, you know, it's just I told him next year is going to be better. And not only that, I have a couple goals in mind for my 40th birthday coming up in less than a year. You know, I got May 8th, man, May 8th. My goal for then. I want to lose 40 pounds, about 40, 
and I want to be completely out of debt with the exception of my house. And that goal is almost done. Almost done. I could be done in the next couple months. I said I was going to take my time and I was going to get there by the time I was 40 in a year. But I'm like, man, I'm going to push it a little harder the next two months to just be done and enjoy the rest of my the rest the last decade of my 30s. The last year, I'm just going to enjoy it with my family and I'm not going to worry about all that. So I'm just going to coast it out, man. But, you know, when I turned you know 39, I, I just started kind of going down memory lane the other day. Just thinking about my 39th birthday and the 39 years I had on this earth. And I started thinking back to my time in the military. And, man, I was just thinking about the military when I was in, how we were actually a military, a tough military. You know, we weren't, you know, we weren't full of wimps and woke sissies when I was in the military in 2003. You know, the last hard generation, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I was thinking, I was like, man, I'm glad I got to serve in the time that I did in the military back when the military still had a backbone and the military was truly masculine, you know, and I'm glad I served at a time when American military men and women knew what bathroom to use. And we could answer the age old question that we seem to ask a lot these days in 2023 in this new society. What is a woman? We knew the answer to that, but now we don't know the answer to that, which is odd and which is strange. And y'all know I'm a pro-American, freedom-loving American, man. I love my country. I'm proud of my service. But I got to be honest, y'all. For the first time in my adult life, I find myself telling a lot of young people that talk to me or that I learned that they're going to join the military. I find myself telling them to reconsider their options. And that's something... I have never, ever done in a span of almost 20 years. Never. You know, imagine if you went home and told your family you were going to join the circus. What would they say? Their responses would probably be, wow, are you serious? Like, why would you join the circus? That's a stupid idea. Well, when you look at it now, joining the military almost is kind of like joining the circus at this point. When you look at the circus and think about it, you know, the circus used to have these attractions to bring people in. What did they have back in the day? They would have like the bearded lady. And, <laughs> you know, this was like a, the bearded lady was a circus freak and it would draw spectators. But now the bearded lady is being used by the United States Navy to not just bring in spectators, but to bring in future recruits to the military. And, you know, the weird thing is, you know, when I saw this thing about the U.S. Navy having a drag queen as a social media phenomenon to draw people into the military, the first thing I thought was, you know what, man, my generation is definitely tougher than your generation. And I think as we all know, every generation thinks that they are better than the other generation before them. That has just been a thing since the beginning of time. World War One looked at World War Two generation like y'all soft. Y'all don't know nothing about trench warfare. World War Two guys, the greatest generation goes to war. They're an evil gene in the Pacific and they're taking down Hitler and marching across the world, fighting the Japanese you know, and fighting in the, the Argonne Forest you know, and saving the world from Nazis and the, the Japanese, man. Phenomenal people. You're right. Yo, but man, then it comes along the Vietnam generation. The World War Two guys are like, y'all soft. Y'all don't know nothing about real war, you know, and then. Those guys, the Vietnam guys, look at the Gulf War guys, like, y'all don't know nothing about real combat. 
And then you have my generation who, you know, we look at the guys that fought in the Gulf War. No, they, it was a war, but it wasn't a horrible war like I fought in, a 20-year war. I was on the front end of that war. That tells you how old I am, boy. I was in country in Iraq in 2004. Well, there are people that weren't even alive when I was serving that I talk to now, which absolutely blows my mind. My God, where's the time gone, yo? But, you know, it's <laughs> I look at that. And I, I can actually say that about this next generation after me. I can actually say my generation is definitely tougher than your generation because my generation didn't have drag queens in the military like the Gen Z. And it's just so bizarre, man. It's just. And honestly, I blame myself and all the other branches of the military for the Navy's current predict. I don't know what to call it for the Navy's current slip of the mind. I don't know what they're doing over in the Navy thinking, hey, man, let's get this guy. He's a drag queen. We're going to use him as a social media guy to lure people into the Navy. And, you know, one of my favorite Bible verses says that the tongue has the power to speak life and death. And you think is we've all joked about this into its existence. And maybe the Navy is finally really becoming what the Navy has always been and supposed to be. We've always made fun of the Navy for being gay. <laughs> Everybody does. Even the Marines who are a department of the Navy, they don't claim the Navy. They say, hey, no, we're the men's department of the Navy. You know, I think we made so much fun of the Navy up until this point about being gay and being full of sissies that we just decided the Navy was like, you know what? All right, we're going to show them, man. We're going to use some reverse psychology. We're going to Jedi mind trick these other these other services. You know, we're going to get a real drag queen up in here, and we're going to use them. And we're going to get the village people up in here from the YMCA, and we're going to get a real drag queen on board, boy. And everybody's looking like, well, damn, they really did it. They really, <laughs> the U.S. Navy really got a drag queen in the Navy that they're advertising to lure in today's youth. I wish this was a <laughs> a satire, but I mean, everybody's seen it, man. And and like I was telling you about the news cycle, man, this was in the news and gone so quick. Everybody's moved on. But like I told you all this, I am not a up to date current type of podcast. I'm just not. So I'm, I'm living in the past a couple of weeks, but this needs to be talked about. This is outlandish, man. This is crazy. And the thing is, you know, I'm as proud as I am of being a military veteran, a Purple Heart veteran who fought in Iraq. Man, I honestly have to say, in good faith now, I honestly cannot tell anyone to join the military at this current point in time. And it's literally become a circus with a brain-dead ringmaster known as Joe Biden. It's just, it's, I don't really know what to say what's going on. And, and, and it's always respectable to want to serve your country. And there are some great benefits and skills to be learned that can carry you through life when you join the military, but you have to consider the America you are serving and fighting for right now is different than the America that I fought for. And don't get me wrong. There are still some absolutely phenomenal people from this current generation that go on to serve in the military. And we have to have those people. But at the same time, if you are going to join the military today's day, man, let it be a last resort, honest to God. I know there's some great benefits. Some people need college. Some people just want to get away from home. Some people want to travel the world. You know, they, there are many good reasons to join the military, y'all. But hey, there's other ways to pay for school right now, man. And I never thought I'd be the one to say, reconsider 
because do you want to be a part of this current American fighting force? And like I said, I know there's some good soldiers and sailors and Marines and airmen and coasties out there, bro. But I just, man, I can't sign on to anything that's currently going on in the military. It's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And when I think about it, I don't blame Russia or China right now for everything that they're doing in this current state. They are taking advantage of America because America is in a weakened state right now. And what do you do when your enemy is at a weakened state? You attack. And the worst part is America does not realize how weak we are right now, man. And we are just buying into all this non-binary LGBTQ trans nonsense, which has no place in the American military. And I mean, there's a quote I hear from the Dan on Drinking Bros. I guess it's from Sun Tzu. But it says, don't interrupt your enemy while they are making a mistake. And America is making the gravest of all mistakes. Heard somebody says that people in the military want the military to reflect current society. And my thing is, do you want what is in current society in your military fighting for you right now? Because we need some hard ass, hardcore men and women that when the next war comes and possibly comes to our shores, are we going to want them on the front lines fighting? And then my thing is, with them using drag queens to recruit, my question is, who are we really trying to recruit and why? I mean, did the Navy not pay attention to how things went for Bud Light after the Dylan Mulvaney incident and their sales crashed? I mean, did the Navy not pay attention that, hey, Americans aren't buying into this, but hey, we're going to go with it anyway, guys. We're going to go ahead and put this drag queen front and center. And to me, man... Uh, I don't, like nobody has anything against drag queens. Nobody does, but you should not be the face of the Navy. A drag queen should not be the person that you use to get people to come and join the military because that's going to join. It, let's be honest. People that are drag queens are typically people that have some sort of mental illness going on. And there used to be a thing in the military where you couldn't get in the military if you had a mental illness. But now they changed the books and all of this is okay. Which, hey, come on in. Hey, here's a couple weapons, buddy. Here's some grenades and some bullets. Hey, go ahead and fight. That's a bad idea. Training crazy people how to kill people is probably not our greatest and best time in this country that we're doing right now. And the thing is, man, it just kills me when I see it. And like I said, I have nothing against drag queens at all. I don't care if you're a drag queen, but there's a time and there's a place for everything, yo. But what is a drag queen going to do on the front lines of a war? Because the whole reason the Navy exists is to protect America, to you know, go out and forge you know, in areas where there's no American troops and to be you know, on the front line of the seas, man, to protect us from an invading force. But we have a drag queen on the books now. It's just like, what MOS would the drag queen be? Somebody please inform me and please tell me. And what would the job be? And it's just so bizarre. I don't understand America's current obsession with drag queens. I really don't. And I don't understand why the military is glorifying it or the country. You know, and for me, it's when and why did drag queens become the main focus in this country? Like it's they're they're everywhere, everywhere. And I know some drag queens. I don't mind them. They're not bad people. 
I'm just going to say, I don't think I want them serving next to me in the military. It's like, hey, bro. Hey, man. Did you get shot or did you, did you just do a dead drop? Are you just doing a dead? You just dancing on the front line? Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Now I understand. But, you know, it's just so bizarre. America <laughs> in its current state, man. I just don't understand. And, and uh, for me, it's like, I don't, what is it about drag queens and trans people right now that is so special that all of these major corporations are using them to sell products? But it's clear that the American people, the average American, is not on board the drag train, man. Yet, but some odd reason, they are still using drag queens to keep pushing everything. Everything, like I said earlier, Bud Light. Bro, Bud Light has lost $15.7 billion loss in value. Bro, that, you know, what, that, that's insane. That's a lot of money. And for over a couple months, over one dude and a pretending to be a female, y'all cost our company $15.7 billion in value. No wonder, that's exactly why they got rid of that girl that decided, hey, man, we're going to change Bud Light. From what American men used to love, we're gonna we're gonna put in transgender. We're gonna I, mean, I can't even call Dylan Mulvaney a real transgender. He's an actor to me. He, they, nothing about this guy says I'm really a transgender. Dylan Mulvaney is an actor who wants to be famous, and he is playing y'all. That's what that's my honest opinion on him, yo. But that's who Bud White Bud Light decided to go with was Dylan Mulvaney, and I'm just looking at it like, man, you could just hear the American people voting with their dollars saying. This is not cool, and this is not what we want. So stop pushing this garbage down our throats and stop pushing this junk down our kids' throats, man. And, but for some odd reason, I don't, like I, said, I don't understand why these corporations are not getting the message and continue to push this crap, and it don't stop with Bud Light. And we know, man, with two days, it's going to be the whole month of June is LGBTQ party month, the Alphabet Mafia month, man. The Ku Klux Trans Month, bro, they here. They get a whole 30 days of debauchery, man. But it's not just stopping with Bud Light. Man, there's just been stories going on around Target selling LGBTQ stuff and like a swimsuit for you to tuck your dick and balls in to make it look like that. Like, what? Like, who wants to rock around on the beach fully tucked as a man? That is extremely uncomfortable. Why would you do that? Oh my lord, bro! Just it just reminds me of uh, <laughs> was the Jim Carrey movie back in the day, uh, Pet Detective, uh, Ray Finkel, <laughs> fully tucked dog, like out on the beach, like oh that's an awful ideal, man, awful ideal. Like why would you ever, <laughs> yo? But it's it's just that's just the country we're currently living in, man. So you got Target, and then also they were doing something with satanic stuff. I'm like what? And then you got on the North Face. I saw the commercial. I honestly thought it was a joke. I was like, there's no way North Face is buying into this drag thing. Absolutely they are. And North Face is gone full drag. And then you have Jack Daniels, who I was extremely disappointed in to find out that they were going down the drag route. And not just that. They've even sponsored and like have a TV show going now. And it's called Jack Daniels, Tennessee Fire Presents Drag Queen Summer Glamp. I don't really know what it is, but I saw the commercial and I was like, you know what? I'm turning it off. I'm not. I'm not doing that, man. Because you got to think. Let me ask y'all. When you think of Jack Daniels whiskey, what's the first thing that comes to mind? For me, I'm thinking of a big, burly, hairy, barrel-chested dude with a giant beard that's just oozing masculinity. He's just all man. Now, I want you to take that same dude 
Throw them in a skirt and a wig and some makeup. Let me ask you, how does that feel? It doesn't match, does it? It, that's right, yeah, it hits different, right? It hits real different. It is not the same, man. And, 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 but it's just so weird, yo, that, yo, that these companies are still going down this route. And my thing, I'm like, are they just doing this for the month of June? And yo, But this seems like it's something that's here to stay. And man, all the drag stuff that's going on, it's just blowing my mind. It's blowing everybody's mind. Everybody I know that's a normal, regular, everyday, average American, even the gay people I know that are like, yo, bro, this is... I don't know what's going on. This is not cool. You know, the 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 actual LGB, LGBTQ community wants to separate from the drag and trans community because they see it as something toxic. And it is taken away from them actually just living their lives and giving negative attention. And they don't want to be coupled with the trans movement. And I don't blame them. Yo, but uh, you know, and there's always people that are willing to defend the drag queen community. And I understand I mean, they're people, bro. Like they're just people. A little different, you know, we got some, some mental issues going on, and they're less than 1% of the population, yo, but I don't understand the need to change the 99% of us in America to accommodate 1% of people. That makes absolutely no sense, and I was on Facebook earlier, and I saw somebody posted this uh, meme, it says, you've been entertained by drag your whole life, don't pretend it's a problem now. And on the border of this, they have all these different people. They got Badia, you know, Miss Doubtfire, and a whole bunch of other people in this drag thing that I just don't know who these people are. They got, oh, uh, who's it? Eddie Murphy as the nutty professor when he was being the mom. And uh, bro, it's just a bunch of people. I don't know who all these people are. And I'll be like, man, I don't really, you know, there's a difference between somebody dressing up as a woman in a movie to play a character. And there's a difference between somebody dressing up as a woman because that's how they feel and going out in the streets with a pair of asses, chaps, and dancing in front of kids. It's not the same thing, bro. It's really not. Say people don't have a problem with drag queens. People have a problem with drag queens in public. And because let's be honest, drag has a place in America and everything, you look at anything in America, Everything has a place in America. Certain places should be. And with drag, yes. You know, it, they have been entertaining people for a long time. But, you know, there's a time and place for it. And that's in nightclubs, you know, movies, you know, certain places for entertainment. But not out on the street in front where there's kids in every place else. That's just not acceptable, man. That is not... We, that we have to have some sort of morals and values in this country if we're going to continue and we're going to survive, you know. But, you know, you got to I look at drag queens now as kind of uh, the court jesters back in the day in the, the medieval ages. And <laughs> if you ask me, like, it was the court jester, you know, he never advised the king. The court jester was brought in to entertain the king. And the court jester was never used to influence the kingdom ever. He was there strictly to entertain and act a fool. But for some odd reason in today's society, the court jesters have been elevated to be put in charge of the kingdom and the king supports it. And like I said, I just don't understand. And when I say the king supports it, I'm talking about the self-proclaimed king of the blacks, President Joe Biden. This guy is super cringe, man. Just when I think more and more, I said, I hate politics, but this isn't really about politics. This is just about an old guy in office that literally has no place in the White House because 
This man can't even take care of himself. He's clearly suffering from some sort of mental issue. We all know he's got dementia, man. There's no there's no doubt in my mind about it. The man definitely has dementia, y'all. But some odd reason, somebody at the HBCU, Historical Black University and College at Howard University, thought it would be a great idea to bring in old ass bumbling, stumbling Joe Biden to do the commencement ceremony speech at a black college. And man, I saw this video the other day and I, my God, it was so cringy, man. God, it was just so cringy. Biden did what Biden does best. You know, pander to black folks. But I'm going to say he pandered to the not smart segment of the black community of people that believe his BS because the rest of us that are actually able to think for ourselves and not just go along with the black narrative, we see through the BS. And as soon as I heard him during the speech say, white supremacy is the greatest threat to our democracy. And it gets even more cringier when I heard him say that, I'm not just saying this because I'm at an HBCU. I say this everywhere I go. Oh, bro, I was just like, oh, I just felt so dirty and slimy after hearing him pander so hard to this crowd of future black voters, yo, just salivating at the mouth. You know, I'm surprised he didn't say, y'all remember, y'all got these degrees now. You know, 2024 is coming up. Remember, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And for me, for somebody, I'm just thinking about whoever was at Howard University. They just forgave this foolishness. They just forgave this man for all the racist crap he said in the past about his him not wanting his kids to go to an interracial jungle. Like, bro, it's like we just giving this man the pass for some odd reason. And nothing sticks to this guy. But for some odd reason, black folks still keep voting for this dude to keep voting Democrat. I just don't understand. And regardless of Biden being old and white, I mean, there's still other people you could have brought in that were a better choice to give your commencement ceremony speech. You could have pulled in Barack Obama. I'm not a Barack Obama fan, but I would have been like, hey, man, that probably makes a lot more sense than having old ass Joe Biden up in there. The current sitting mumbling and stumbling president speaking at your commencement ceremony. And I'm just like, man, who was in charge of running this ship? But as I said, I really do think that a lot of black people are starting to kind of catch up and wake up to the BS that's going on. I mean, you see the people in Chicago, this black community where all these uh, illegal immigrants from the from the uh, border crisis are being bussed up to their community and being housed in a school that the city shut down because they didn't give it funding. So you're not going to give funding to the black people in this community for their school, but you're going to open the school up and give it funding to to fund some illegal aliens that are coming here illegally. But that's what y'all going to do. But you're not going to take care of the black community at its current place. Yeah. And now they're filing a lawsuit against the government and they absolutely should. But at the same time, I'm telling them, well, this is what y'all voted for. And I understand that, you know, hey, you know, voting Republican or Democrat these days, it's kind of like, man, which is the lesser of two evils? Hey, I completely understand. Like I said, I'm not a fan of the Republicans, but they lean more so towards the direction I feel about many things. I'm not saying that I believe in everything that they do or say. I just don't. But I feel like, yeah, our current political system is jacked up. Our voting, our voting, the way we vote is currently jacked up. And I just I don't trust everything we have in this country right now. 
I think distrust of the American government is at an all-time high, yo, but I still feel as though it is my though I have to participate in this uh the way the political system and the way things are designed in this country. I'd rather participate and not be a spectator. And I truly do believe in, hey, if you don't vote, don't complain. But now these people voted and they're complaining and they have an absolute legit complaint because yet once again, the federal government who black people like magic expect to magically fix everything in the past with, you know, reparations and y'all, we going to take care of y'all. Y'all going to be OK. Y'all are seeing right now that they don't care about you because they shut your school down and reopened it for people that don't look like you. Let that be a lesson when you go to vote in 2024. I'm not saying voting Republican is going to solve all your problems, but it might solve some. But I'll be honest, it is definitely good to see and hear black people speaking up and not being so selective. But I wish we would be a little bit more selective sometimes as to what the black community speaks up against. You know, we speak up against, you know, you know, white police officers in black neighborhoods doing violence to black people in this perception but for some odd reason, we have problem calling out our own and people that look like us. Like for me, it's it's so weird when I'm on a scene or if I speak on a topic and somebody black hears it and I say something, I call out somebody black that did something that behaved that behaved badly and did something horrible. Like, why would you say that? Like, because it's wrong. And I would say it if it was a white person, but I'm black. I guess so I'm a hold. I'm a hold a brother accountable, man. It's just, just the way it should be. I don't look at it as he's black. He did wrong. He just did wrong. But for some odd reason, black people, man, we just we don't like to call out our own. I don't know what it is. It's the mob and herd mentality. And, you know, we got to protect my tribe. But you don't protect your tribe by co-signing on bullshit. Let's be honest. yo. You just don't. You got to call out the infraction to get better. You know, you got to be able to take criticism to get better. yo. But some odd reason, there's a lot and a lot of that in the black community just doesn't really seem to happen. Because when you do speak out, the whole mob comes out and they run your ass out of town. Trust me, I know because I've been run out of town a few times and my black ass is still running. <laughs> Yo, but it's seeing them speak out against this thing in Chicago is great. I just wish more black people would speak up when it comes to things like the NAACP tarnishing their legacy with this dumbass travel ban that they put on in Florida. And it was the NAACP president and CEO, Derek Johnson. He put out, under the leadership of Governor DeSantis, the state of Florida has become hostile to black Americans and in direct conflict with the demographic ideal, with the Democrat, excuse me, democratic ideals that our union was founded upon. He should know that democracy will prevail because its defenders are prepared to stand up and fight. We're not backing down, and we encourage our allies to join us in the battle for the soul of our nation. You know, I find it so funny that the NAACP president, Mr. Uh, Derek Johnson, puts on this travel ban to Florida, says that Florida is dangerous and hostile to Negroes, but this Negro himself lives in Florida, along with three million other black people. So help me, help me make sense of it. You put on a travel ban that says... Florida is dangerous to black folks, but your black ass is still living in a hostile territory. Uh, yeah, bro, I'm not, uh, I'm not really understanding that one. I'm not seeing how that's working, but for some odd reason, you know, he thinks, and, that, and this is my honest opinion. 
I really believe that this fool believes that all other black people are stupid and dumb because you can only make a such a stupid and dumb statement to people that you think that are going to believe you. If he believed and assumed that other black people were as smart as him, he would know he could not get away with making such a dumbass comment because he would be held accountable for it. You only make such comments when you know the person that you're saying it to is not smart enough to pick up on it and catch it. And this man is sitting here telling you all, I think y'all are all stupid. And I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to piss down your back and tell you it's raining. And y'all going to believe me. And man, it, oh my goodness, man. Like I said, something's not adding up. Now, if he had issued this warning to black folks about the alligators in Florida, I would be 100% behind this dude. And I would be 100% on board. Because by nature, y'all know black folks are terrified of messing with animals, especially alligators. We've all seen the videos online on YouTube about when animals attack. And you got white people out here messing with all these wild animals and all these strays. And you know damn well you ain't never seen a brother in that video. You ain't never in your life seen a black person on when animals attack. Now, if this guy, this guy would have been like, hey, bro, don't come down here. The gators are awful and out of control. They eat black people. We'd be like, shit. Hey, bro, we packing our bags. We moving north, man. We going to Kentucky. We getting away from these gators. Because you, we just saw a video last week of a young white dude in Florida messing around by a, by a river, by a lake, a natural lake. And guess what? Alligator comes out, bow, takes off the dude's arm, man. And I saw the video and it made me cringe. You can see the white bone on this dude's arm, man. My God. Got his arm taken off by an alligator. If he would have put out a statement about coming to Florida during that time frame. But hey, man, don't come down. These gators are out of control. I'll be down. But instead, he said, man, don't come down here. These white folks are out of control, man. Governor DeSantis, they're going to kill you. Now, nah, bro, ain't nobody buying that mess, especially in 2023. Like I said, this dude thinks y'all are stupid and thinks y'all are idiots. You know, and you could tell that it's definitely election time. When you start to see these stupid ads and all these political hit pieces start making the headlines. And my thing is, if you really think that black people are the dumbest people on earth to make such a statement and serious about it, why do three million people continue to live there? Somebody tell me why. And, that, and the thing is, man, you really think he really thinks that people are going to buy into this pandering and propaganda. But black people are smarter than that. I just wish more black people would be willing to stand up and call this dude out on his BS. And, you know, and I tell people that's why I don't listen to any of these folks. That's why I don't listen to politicians. I don't listen to people in certain elected positions and just I don't listen to certain leaders in this country because it just feels like everybody with some sort of power in this country is a sleazeball and a scumbag, man. There's just a lot of scumbags in leadership. I'm not saying that there aren't some. I'm sure there are. I just haven't personally met them. You know, and I'm just not going to rest my rest on my laurels and believe and hope in some great black leader or some great leader in America that's just going to snap his finger and make everything's all right. Because we know that ain't the case. This America, baby, ain't nobody coming to save us. you got to save your damn self. Now, these people say things to feed on your fear and to capitalize on what little hope you have. And they love doing it to black folks because they love that black vote and they love that black hope. And boy, they love it when it's election time. I mean, we got a guy here in Louisville, a councilman named Corey Arthur. And this guy was on the news about a week or two ago for an incident that happened, I think, back during the riots in 2020 when he was just elected to a seat at the Louisville Metro Council. 
Now, like I said, Ja'Cory Arthur is a Louisville Metro Council member. No, but he's a black man. He's a Democrat. And I'm trying to think of the best way to describe Mr. Arthur, Councilman Arthur. And uh, let's just say I've seen this Negro in public wearing a cape. <laughs> Typically, when I see people in public wearing a cape, I'm like, eh, a little different from my taste, man. And uh, he's thing is, he's very artistic. He's very Afrocentric. He's all about black people and down with the struggle, my brother. He's all on board on that. He's all BLM. He's all for the advancement of black people, man. But man, to me, he's just not very friendly. And he doesn't seem very keen to white folks, which is not a surprise. And he just seems like kind of very standoffish and not very approachable. And he just seems like kind of generally angry. And the thing is, I've met him in person before. And I was out of uniform. So he didn't even know I was a cop, but I just got this not not great vibe from him. Like, man, something was up with this dude, man. I just just did not a good feeling. And we, I have friends that know him that like him, say he's a nice guy. But my brother-in-law's friends with him, and I just personally, my running with him, bro, something was just off. It just didn't feel right, man. But you know, I. So this story comes out about him. So in 2020, after he got elected, yo, he says that he was coming back from a uh, meeting after having been elected at dinner with his wife and he gets stopped by two police officers in downtown Louisville in the first division. I know these two officers. I know the area where he got stopped because I worked there. So he says that the police officers pulled him out of the car, yanked him out of the car and they searched him and did all this stuff to him and they treated him so bad and they threatened him and they said, you know, you know they told him you know, he had a gun in the car and he said that the officer told him, well, you better keep one in the chamber if I was you. So he goes on this rant and he's online when they were doing a vote on the LMPD budget or something or the contract. And so he voted no against the contract. And he just goes off on this tirade of, you know, LMPD's racist and these officers are horrible. And these officers on this traffic stop treated me like a dog. And man, I really, I was about to die. They were about to kill me on this traffic stop. And so this goes on. This was years past. Man doesn't even file a complaint or nothing. So he gets elected to the board. And what gets me here is WDRB, our local news station here, ran a story about this incident and guess what they went back and got the body camera footage from the actual traffic stop and it was nothing of what he described especially because i know the officers involved i'm like bro them two don't get down like that they ain't gonna be out here yanking people out of cars and threatening for their lives but you see the traffic stop they stop the car they tell them hey man the tags on your car are expired and you know what the councilman says? Yeah, I know it. I was wondering when y'all was going to catch me. Oh, bro, what? <laughs> they ask him if you have a gun in the car. He's like, yeah, I think I have a firearm under the seat. Okay. Oh, that's cool, man. It's not illegal. You don't mind stepping out of mine if I check the firearm? Yeah. So he steps out the car voluntarily, steps to the back of the car. They get his information. They run him. They're chatting with him. They're having a good time. They, they run the gun. The gun's not stolen. And they, they're just shooting it up, chat, ch- no, chopping it up on the street. And they, they write him a citation, which is the right thing to do because he's the type of person. This is for any officer listening. If you stop somebody for a reason and you get them out the car and they're at, in even the bit hostile or you have a suspicion that they're going to complain, you better write their ass. Because if you don't, they're going to say, you stopped me for being black and for no reason. But when you write that citation, guess what that says? That says that I stopped you for a specific reason. Here is the citation to prove it. You not citing them is going to get your ass in a jam. You better cite them. But they wrote this man a ticket for expired registration tags. 
and they told him about his gun. You know, they took his gun, they put it in the trunk so he could get it for safety reasons. And they told him, hey, man, I noticed that when I got your gun that you didn't have one in the chamber. He was like, yeah, you know, I don't carry one in the chamber. And, they, and my friend told him, hey, bro, look, if you're going to carry a gun, carry it right. Carry it with one in the chamber because it's going to take too long if you get jacked or you get robbed to take your gun out, rack the slide, and put a bullet into the chamber. That's time wasted. How about you just have one in the chamber so you can be ready to protect yourself and defend your family? That's literally what it was. They put him in the car. He drives off. Well, the news, like I said, the news releases a story. And then they sit down with Councilman Arthur and they have a conversation about the news story. And he's watching this thing, yo, and they're, they're playing the things he said at the meeting about the traffic stop that don't add up with the body camera video. And so he goes on and he says, well, y'all don't understand what it's like being a black man in Louisville. When I got pulled over, I just knew that I was about to die. Then he started dropping the name George Floyd and Breonna Taylor to invoke some sort of bad memory and some some foul emotions to get people stirred up of and he and that what he was doing was dropping the black victim card and he dropped it hard because he got caught in a lie and the only way to get out of that lie the only way for him to get out of looking like a complete dumbass was to say I'm a black man I really thought I was about to die like Breonna Taylor or George Floyd and, and I was just disgusted with this person man this human being I said, I don't know him personally, but I think the fact that seeing that video in alliance with what he said in that uh, in that uh, council meeting and him saying that, you know, these cops are horrible and did all this stuff to me. This man blatantly lied. He crapped on two officers who did a phenomenal job and did their job. You know, this man. That shows the lack of character in a person that you are willing to lie. And when you are confronted with that lie, you are willing to double down on that lie to save your ass and save your position. That is not honorable or commendable or respectable at all. You know, cops are held to a high standard. I really believe that our elected officials should be held to a high standard as well, because he is clearly not held to any standard. And any of you all that vote for this fool, the next go round, you should be ashamed of yourself. Why would you vote for somebody who is willingly and knowingly lying to you? Why? Now, the rumor is they say he's not going to run again. I'm like, bro, I don't see how you can. And I'll be honest. I'm absolutely 100% surprised that the local news ran this story and they caught this fool in a lie. Because we know that the local news is not a fan of law enforcement. But at the same time, man, I'm very happy and surprised, very surprised and shocked that they ran this story about Councilman Arthur and they put him on blast. You know, it just It's refreshing, but I still don't trust the media nonetheless. <laughs> you know, I just, that's just something I can't do, man. And, you know, everything these days that we tune into exists with a slant to grab our attention and slant our views and to skew our opinions. And that is exceptional with the news media. That is something that they do well. I told you, all I don't watch the news on any level. You know, local news comes on. If I see something interesting, I might scroll it. I'll visit the news station once in a while to see if there's a shooting or something happened. But otherwise, I don't tune into the news. So when I heard Tucker Carlson cancel the show, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Because you all know before, I told you all a couple weeks ago, like, yo, I don't have a problem with Tucker Carlson, but he works for Fox News. I'm not buying into anything that man says because left or right, the news coverage is slanted. It don't matter. You're not getting the truth. 
And so he released a statement pretty much affirming what I said all along that, yeah, the news doesn't necessarily lie, but it doesn't share the whole truth. The news shares what it wants you to hear to get a certain reaction out of you and to get views. And he admitted this. And that man been working at Fox for a long time. Yo. And so if you're out here just watching Fox News thinking, you know, you are the next coming of George Washington, that you are going to save the country and that you are the American patriot hero. Homeboy, I got a message for you. You are wrong. You are being lied to and being misled and fed misinformation. And if you're out here on the left thinking you're fighting for social justice and for black people and, you know, you're listening to MSNBC, CNN and all these other left leaning stations and you think that you're on the wrong side of history, got a news flash for you. You're wrong as well. It is not those of you who all who are on the fringes that listen to all the left or listen to all the right. It's not those of you all that listen to Fox News or those of you all that listen to CNN that are going to win this battle, this cultural war in this country. It is us in the middle who don't believe in none of the shit we're being fed by either side of the aisle, by either political affiliation, by either news station or by anybody on the fringes. America is not going to be saved by the fringes. America is going to be saved by those hardworking, everyday Americans like myself, stuck in the middle, tired of the lies and tired of the bullshit from the media. I'm so over it. I'm so tired. Yo, we saw this with the Durham report that just came out that proved that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats lied on an incoming president tampered with that election to get Donald Trump disqualified from office to cause discourse. Man, we had the Durham report shows it and proves it. But guess what? nobody's paying attention to it. It's OK. Nothing's been done. Nothing's been said. Man, and, and for me, also looking at the Durham report, it just shows how corrupt the FBI in this country is and other law enforcement agencies. And I'm saying that as a cop that believes in law enforcement, but there's a problem, man. When the FBI has been protecting the Biden family, refusing to give certain documents to certain people, that's a problem. This country has been compromised. The FBI has been compromised. FBI leadership. I know guys in the FBI that are like, bro, this place is horrible. I never thought I would see this. Yo. And so my thing is, what do we do and where do we go from here? If you can't trust the FBI and they have proven to be corrupt and not just that, the DOJ. So my thing is, the DOJ just came to Louisville and said that all of Louisville Metro, you know, these cops are horrible. They're racist. And this place is messed up and you all got to change this. Yo. Why should Louisville Metro and anybody in leadership, if I was in Louisville Metro government right now or the police department, I would be fighting against this report because I don't want to be held accountable by an organization that is actually corrupted and has become the arm wing of the Democratic Party. Every freaking police department across the nation within the last few years that has come under dissent decree by the DOJ should throw that shit in the trash right now. And be like, you know what? We're going a different direction because you don't have to go along with the DOJ. I absolutely would not if I was in charge. But unfortunately, I'm not in charge. Man, I, there is no way I would let my people be held accountable by these scumbags in the FBI and the DOJ. That has been proven false. And man, it's just making my blood boil thinking about it. Yo, that, that's my home. LMPD is my home. Yo, and you know what it's like to have somebody lie about your house and your family? Man, it makes me so mad, yo. So if you ask me, the entire DOJ report 
is trash. I knew it was trash. I did a whole episode on how it's trash, but I'm not surprised by anything that's been put in that report that's false or anything that's inaccurate or been misrepresented strictly for politics. Yo, and you have the Louisville mayor and all these LMPD officials just buying into this saying, yeah, we got to do better. Yeah, we do got to do better, yo, but we don't need the DOJ to show us better. We know how to be better. We have some good leaders in Metro that know how to do better. That's what we need, your common sense approach. We don't need the government and the DOJ telling us how to do a job that they ain't never damn done. Plain and simple, man. And I know everybody's asking like, bro, so you don't watch Fox News. You don't listen to CNN. Where do you get your news, Dex? What do you listen to? How do you come to your own conclusions and decisions in this world if you don't listen to the news? And like I said, I don't. I tune in periodically, yo, but... Like I said, I'm a guy that's kind of in the middle where I'm just kind of doing my own thing, man. I just look at the world from my perspective. And honestly, I get a lot of my news and perspective from podcasts. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, yeah, of course, I'm biased. I listen to podcasts that are actually very conservative, mostly Republican, mostly right-leaning or center-right. But I, that's the only places I trust. But even then, I use the word trust loosely to know and say that, man. These are corporations that I listen to. These they you know they want to make money. They want to sell merchant you know, and, and uh, advertisers, yo. But I listen to these people because I believe them to a degree. Not everything and everything because I, you know, some of the stuff it's a production, it's a show, but it's entertaining. But a lot of it is real. But and also I just understand the business of podcasting. That's why I haven't gone monetized yet because I don't want to be in a position where I have to do and say certain things for you know and. So for me, like I said, I tell people I get my news and my point of view from three main podcasts I listen to. So the first podcast I listen to mainly that I've been listening to since that day one with year one is literally the Drinking Bros podcast with Ross Patterson. It was all the guys from Black Rifle Coffee back in the day. They split off and then it was just Ross Patterson and Jared Taylor and then now Dan Holloway. I love these guys and this is who I listen to. yo. But as much as I love the Drinking Bros and Dan and all these guys that there are some things that expressed on the show by Dan that I just don't agree with. And that's okay. He's not a religious person. He hates religion. He talks crap on God and Jesus. And I'm like, hey, man, it's America. It's fine. I don't care. That's your personal opinion. That's your belief. He has a very, <laughs> very dark view of the country and the and politics. And I don't blame him. And I agree with a lot of things he says and does, yo, but I don't agree with everything. Why? Because I'm my own person. And when we all start to agree with everything that's going on and everything that we see, you know what we become? We don't become a country. We become a cult. And I don't want to be a part of anybody's cult. And so that's why I say, man, I love the drinking bros. I feel like they're very neutral. You know, that's you know, it, it's it's slanted in some ways. And they, they have certain guests on that I like, certain guests that I don't, but man, they have a lot of news and they make comedy out of it. It's funny and I freaking love it. The reason I started my podcast was because of drinking bros. Because I freaking love their podcast. I love the show. I've been on the show, man. Those guys, I man. I believe that I sold the amount of books I sold because of the Drinking Bros community. So I can't sit here and crap on the Drinking Bros podcast because that's my people, man. That's my fan. I love those guys, man. I can't wait to go visit them again. But that's literally like why the Iron Pitch show is here. I talked to Ross about it when he was here at the Derby. Like, bro, I want to start a podcast, man. What do I need to do? He was like, just do it in consistency. That's simple. You know, they're very, very, cons no, Dan, uh, Ross is very conservative Republican. Dan's just kind of, Fuck it all. They'll burn it all to the ground. And 
Honestly, the more and more I go in life, seeing what the countries become, I'm kind of I agree with them on a lot of it when it comes to the country, yo. But I'm not ready to burn this thing down yet. But seeing it being disassembled slowly to where it needs to be rebuilt definitely needs to happen, yo. But so I listen to them. So the second podcast I listen to most is the Dave Ramsey podcast. Now, I don't get a lot of news from Dave Ramsey, yo, but I get a lot of good financial insight and a lot of neutral perspectives, yo, and a lot of don't panic, chill out, we're going to be fine. Because, you know, with news, it's all, and especially podcasts, it's either doom and gloom, oh my God, we're all going to die, or it's like, hey man, chill out, yeah, things are messed up, it's going to be okay. The one thing I love and appreciate about the Dave Ramsey show, aside from the money aspect and teaching me how to save my money and get out of debt, is Dave's biblical and Christian perspective on the world. And the one thing that I always get from the Dave Ramsey show is this. No matter how bad things seem to be in the world, when you're looking at social media and constantly scrolling your phone, pick your head up and look around, you know, and look around. Though, hey, it's really not that bad. You're like money's in the bank. Hey, we've been here before. Just kind of like with the debt ceiling. He's talking about the debt ceiling. Dave Ramsey was like, man, bro, I've been around 65 years. You know how many times we've been close to the debt ceiling? And we've always come through at the end of the, in the last hour. There's always a deal reach, yo. So, and I, it always comes through that we're not going to default on America's debt. We're just not going to. It's not going to happen. It's never happened. In the future, could it happen? Maybe, possibly, yo. But right now, not going to happen, yo. So I, I tell people it comes to a point, yo, to where you have to learn to listen to certain things and be, you know, use your own discernment and, and not buy into all the hysteria you're being you're being sold in whatever you're listening to. Cause Lord knows I've gone there here on the show where I bought it to some hysteria and I put out a story that comes out. It was false. Like, Oh my God, kind of like the story of the uh, veterans in New York being kicked out of a uh, hotel for migrants, which turned out to be absolutely false. Thank God I wasn't on the radio on the podcast at that point in time, because Lord knows I would have had a field day with that. But guess what? Turned out being false. But like I said, that's the thing that I like about the Dave Ramsey podcast. So it just it grounds me in good, strong biblical principles. And I get some good knowledge and learn not to freak out when the rest of the world is freaking out. Yo, so it comes at a balance, man. Like you can't be all in on the left and think everything's gonna be okay, or all in on the right and think everything's gonna be okay. That's just not how it works. Yo. Like you literally have to de- disconnect from all the chaos and all the things that are fighting for your attention and all the people that are fighting for clicks and views and likes and fighting for your wallet, man. And like I said, that's why I do this podcast for free and I don't advertise on here to make money because there's enough people coming at you all on a daily basis. Subscribe to my show, you know, subscribe to this, you know, order this, order that. Yo, I don't want to be that guy when you turn on. It's like when you go to a church and they some churches ask you for an offering, then they ask for a third and fourth offering for this and that. Yo, like just constantly got their hands out wanting something from you. Yo, I don't want to be that guy in the podcasting world to you all. I just want to be me. I just want to be that cool dude. Like, hey man, the dude's got a podcast. Yeah, he's pretty cool, man. I like him. You know, he ain't coming from my wallet, man. The only thing I'm trying to say all on here is a book. That's it. A book with a great with a great story, man. That's it. That's the only thing I want to sell y'all. Like I said, I thought about all the merch and stuff, and I just, it ain't me, man. And that's the one thing I want to stay is I am Pitts. I just want to stay me, yo. So, like I said, man, the Dave Ramsey show is good for me. Like I said, just keeps me grounded, man. And the third show I recently just really got into listening to that kind of feeds that conspiracy side of my brain, yo, that I need. 
so like I said, you got to kind of balance it out, man. And for me, like I said, I got Drinking Bros. That's kind of the comedy of all the crap going on in the world. Then you got the Dave Randy show that's kind of grounds me. But then you got the far right side of me that's that conspiracy side that like, man, the government's up to some shit, y'all. Y'all better hear this. I just started listening a couple weeks ago to the Andy Frisella's Real AF podcast, bro. And let me tell you, I love the Andy Frisella's podcast. Y'all know who he is. He's the guy from 75 Hard, the uh, first form nutrition and all that, bro. Great company. I actually just sent him, him and DJ my book. Hopefully they got it. Hopefully they read it and I can get on the show. That would be awesome because, man, I really like the content that this guy pushes out. But he comes at everything as from a quote-unquote conspiracy, conspiracy type thing, yo, where, you know, he pulls out the tinfoil hat and people call him and say that he's crazy. But I'm like, man, is he crazy or is he really speaking on stuff that's really happening already? And he's been right about a lot of stuff. And it, it, so it, for me, it's more so the line of it's entertainment, but, man, he really makes me think about a lot of stuff that's going on. You're like, I don't agree with everything, but there are some things he says that kind of just make sense. And it's like, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that kind of does make sense. You know, like the other day, I can't really explain it well, but like I was saying earlier, why are all these corporations out here knowing that they're going to lose money doing the LGBTQ thing? He went on a whole tirade about it on his podcast the other day, and it made sense. You know, he believes in the global cabal and that there's like a couple people that are in control of everything, trying to control the world and usher in communism. And now that I do believe that there is a secret agenda to usher communism into America. And because you got to think America is the last freestanding country in America. And I say the term free loosely because, man, we are losing our rights more and more every day. And the only thing that is keeping us from being taken over by a tyrannical government is our firearms, our Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. Because when our government gets tyrannical, we could do something about it. And they are pushing hard more and more every day to come at their assault rifles and ban weapons, yo. But, you know, and I believe that, you know, it's apparent that everybody armed themselves. Yo. But then you have people like Andy Fursells that'll say, man, a lot of these, you know, these mass shootings are like, you know, uh, CIA guys that get a hold of these crazy people and they're, uh, you know, playing shootings. I forgot what they call them, uh, false flag shootings, yo. And man, to me, it's a little bit far fetched, but at the same time, I know crazy the American government is, man. And the government's done some shady crap over the years. So it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% on board, but I can definitely, definitely see it 100%, man. And like, there's just so many things that happen in this world that are like not a coincidence, bro. But like, I, I, I honestly, I don't buy into the whole 9-11 thing and 9-11 was put on by the American government. And because I, as much as I look into some of these things that are conspiracies that are no longer conspiracies and that are no longer theory that have been proven true. I also know that there are just some evil, horrible, sadistic people in this world that need to be shot in the face, man. There are just some evil people here, bro. That's literally that's it and it's easy to just look and say it's the government doing all this to us and just and just not look at how american society has caused some of these people to come to the forefront and rise up and become these mass shooters because our society is so jacked up so yeah i could you could say it's the government and it's the one percent and it's the nwo you know so 
you know, I, I have Andy to scratch that itch for me, man. And I'm like, yeah, brother, that's it. That's right. You tell them. You tell them. That's right. They're going to bankrupt this country. They're going to do this and that. And I'm all on board. And then after that, after that podcast ends, I listen to my Dave Ramsey. And I'm like, man, all right, I can chill out a little bit. I can breathe. It's not the end of the world because, Dexter, think about it. We've been here before. How many times have we heard the world's coming to an end, the American dollar's crashing, and it ain't the first time and it ain't the last time, yo. Then I switch on over to Drinking Bros, and I listen to Drinking Bros to make me laugh and kind of smooth out. So that's how I pretty much get my news. Yeah, I hop on Twitter periodically. God knows I hate Twitter. I get on Facebook, but honestly, man, I've not been on Facebook as much as usual. And the one place you can always find me is on Instagram at I am Pitch One. I'm on Instagram more than anything, man, just because I like Instagram. And it's not as toxic as all the other places, yo, but it's still a little bit of toxicity out there. So that's usually that's how I go about getting my news. Yo. And not just that. I take what I learn from each of these different platforms, from Drinking Bros, from Dave Ramsey, yo, and then and from the Andy Frasilla show. And I kind of make my own thing and come to my own conclusion, as you all should, too. You should not just listen to anybody and take their word as gospel and just conform your life to everything this person says. Unless, I mean, unless this person is proven, you know, and it's got a, they got a process that works. But like I said, there it's still. There's things that you're going to like and things you're not going to like. Like I love Dave Ramsey, but there's just some things about his program I don't like no more. I don't like just having a thousand dollar emergency fund, bro. I'm not doing it. I've been there, I've done it, but I just, I can't deal with it, man. I'm like, I don't want just $1,000 in the bank for an emergency, man. And I don't like his advice on mortgages saying you shouldn't get a VA loan. You shouldn't get more than a 15-year loan because I just it just doesn't apply to my life. Like I said, I love the drinking bros, but I just don't like some of the things that are said about certain topics. But guess what? It's okay. I'm still a fan. I buy their stuff. I tune in every time the show's on because I'm all in and it's okay to disagree. And, and, and like I said, I like Andy Frasillas, but I don't buy into everything everybody sells me. And I listen to stuff, but I also do my own research. And I advise you all as well to do your own research on these topics, man. And you got to even be careful where you're researching. Because, man, you put in Google, is the American dollar crashing? Bro, you will go down a rabbit hole of everything that will prove what you're looking for. And then go into Google and put in, the American dollar is not crashing. And guess what? You will find everything to confirm that the American dollar is not crashing. Literally, man, you have to pick up your eyes from your phone and just look at the reality that's in front of you and decide, you know what? I'm just going to live my life, bro. Yeah. Pay attention to what's going on. You know, don't be completely brain dead in this life. You know, and just kind of not paying attention. But, yo, at the same time, man, we can only do so much, man. We can't control the American dollar. We can't control what people are doing in office. You know, we just we, we can only control so much in this life. And like I said, I was getting that's why I had to take a break, because I was getting so far removed from the things I could control in this life. And that's what happens sometimes yo, when you do podcasts, bro. like you get into this mode and this world and all you're doing is reading about all the negative, bad stuff that happens in life and in this country and in the world. And then you lose sight of your life as it is. And you realize that, man, life is really freaking good, y'all. It really is. Yeah, the news says that the world's burning around around me. But when I pick my head up from my phone, I don't feel any flames and I don't see any ambers and I don't see any I don't smell any smoke. 
So is the world really burning down? Is you know is the this you know great cabal of evil people really taking over? Who knows? Maybe yes, maybe not. I don't know. All I know is I'm gonna keep living my life as I am. I'm gonna keep getting up and going to work. I'm gonna keep paying my bills. I'm going to keep doing the show. I'm going to just keep doing what I do, man. And you know what? I'm not going to be persuaded by broke organizations like BLM that make me believe that white people are bad. And I'm not going to be persuaded by people on the far right that think that, you know, everything on the left and all the people are evil. I'm not. I'm going to keep doing what I do. And I'm just going to keep looking at people for who they are and how they treat me. And I'm going to judge them based on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Like I said, I know everybody's being pulled in so many different directions these days, man, to believe this, believe that, buy this, buy that. Yo, but pick your head up from your phone, step outside, and just talk to your neighbors. And you will see that you live amongst most of the middle of America and that people aren't as, as crazy and as extreme. Now, if you drive to certain cities, like when I drive in a little bit, I'll go to work. Yeah, I'm like, bro, this place is a shit. Oh, bro. <laughs> Like, yeah, the, yeah, the world, the end of the world is coming to an end in Louisville. It looks like it every day I drive down there because it's a hellhole. Yo. But when I cross the bridge and go home, that ain't my world no more, man. I live in a nice and peaceful world and I hope and pray that it stays that way. But just know if it doesn't and the madness comes to my door, hey, I'm ready and I am prepared to face that madness at any time. So, man, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the I Am Pitts podcast, and it's good to be back, man. I haven't lost a step at all, rolling on an hour and 24 minutes. Look at that. Your boy still got it. And so I was a little nervous getting back in here, like, yo, I ain't been on the mic in a minute, and I'm probably going to be talking too fast. So if there's points in here, I got a little too amped up, and I was talking a little too fast. Excuse me, got a little excited, got back in front of the microphone, and I'm just, man, Happy to be back and ready to get back into it and keep the content coming. This is episode, I think, 95, bro. Can't believe I'm coming up on episode 100. I know some of y'all thinking this Negro ain't going to keep going. He's going to stop eventually. Guess what? I'm not. I'm still here. And if you got something to say about it, you know where to find me. I'm in Louisville all day, every day, man. But I'm not the one you're going to want to mess with because your boy just signed up and started doing jujitsu again, man. So that's where I'm at now in my life, y'all. Like, not when I stepped away, I realized like, yo, I got to do something else in my life. I need another challenge and I need a hobby outside of what I currently do. Cause as much as I love the podcast and I love being a cop and being a dad, I need something else in my life. And you know, the one thing I've always stirred away from is jujitsu and hand to hand combat because you know I got some, I got a bunch of injuries and ailments, man. And I was like, bro, and I'm getting older and I'm like, man, I just don't want to be the old guy that can't walk and, I don't want to be the old guy that's not in shape at 39 going on 40. Yo. So you know, I took the journey today and went to this jujitsu school and uh, over here where I'm close to where I'm living at. Yo, and I'm signing up and I'm going to start training, man. I'm going to try to I'm gonna get my ass whooped probably about two, three days a week, man, and still going to hit the gym. So like I said, it's my new focus and my new thing. And, you know, we're going to see how, if I can fit it in my life. And my Lord, I know what y'all thinking, bro. You already got enough going on. And that was my number one main excuse not to sign up today was, though, I don't have time, man. I don't have time. And I'm just like, man, you know what, Dexter? You're going to make time because we make time for things in life that are important to us. And this is important to me. And not just that, you know, my health. I'm also trying to find a new community. And when I say new community, I'm not saying that I don't love you all out there that are listening to the show. You all are my community and I love y'all. But the thing is, I can't see you all. I can't touch you. 
know, you can reach out to me at email at uh, iampits at yahoo.com, but it's nice to be able to actually see people and touch people and interact with people, yo, but I love my digital community and fans and all you all that listen and tune in and download. Like I said, I don't know who you are, but I love and appreciate each and every one of you because there are millions of podcasts here, but for some odd reason, y'all keep coming back to listen to me and value what I have to say. And just like I said before, I've said it many times, I don't take that for granted. Thank you all so much for like, you know, listening to me and tuning in. Sorry about the absence, but like I said, you know, brother had to take a break and get my mind together. And now I'm adding jujitsu to the, you know, something else on the stack of all the stuff I got to do. So, you know, I'm just like to try to look out for myself, man, and get myself together and get back to doing my thing. And I'm going to be slowing down at work in the next couple months. So we'll see what's going on. We'll see where life is taking us, man. And also got to give out, give a shout out to uh, my sponsor, Gunfighter Trading Company. You know, I didn't mention them at the start of the show. And, man, I actually talked to the uh, one of the owners of Gunfighter Trading Company the other day. We had a little chat session online, you know, just telling them, like, man, I've been kind of slacking going through and super supportive, man. Just a great guy, dude. Just like I said, the three cops out of Philly, Pennsylvania, they sell, like I said, they sell these wonderful candles that come in bourbon glasses. They got the Gunfighter Trading Company shirts. They got the beard bombs. And I saw something the other day. You know, I talked about before, I was like, man, you got to get those uh, officers in the city working with those retention beards, the beards that your command let you have so you wouldn't leave and go to a better agency. Well, now they have a cream for your tattoos, a tattoo bomb, bro. I was like, so for those of you all rocking the retention tattoos, go to Gunfighter Trading Company and get some of that bomb for them tattoos and keep that skin nice and those tattoos nice and clean and crisp, man. So be sure to, you know, say go to gunfightertrading.co, get your merch, get you a shirt, get you some of these wonderful candles, get you some beard bombs, some tattoo bomb, man, get some soap, man. They have so much stuff and these guys are just growing and growing and growing. I love it. I told them, I was like, hey, man, I don't care what y'all do, bro. I'm on board with Gunfighter Trading Company. They don't pay me. I'm just a fan. And like I said, I have their products and I believe in their products. And I there's like, and if there's one thing I support. I support my fellow law enforcement officers. So be sure to go to gunfightertrading.co and get your merch. And don't forget to put in your special code to get 15% off. Pits, P-I-T-T-S. Be sure to put that in and get yourself 15% off on all your purchases, all right? So ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get ready to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Once again, thank you all for tuning in and listening to me. I hope this hasn't been a horrible episode. And Oh, I also want to apologize for the last episode I did in my car from the front seat of my police car with the rifle in the seat. Yo, so it was a horrible episode. I know it sounded bad, but man, I just wanted to get in contact with y'all and do something and give y'all something. So like I said, I'm back at it. Pardon the absence, but your boy's back in the saddle and I'm ready to rock and roll and keep the Iron Pitch show going. So like I said, do me a favor if you can, man, please share the show with your friends, your family, whoever you feel like you would like would would enjoy it also be sure to get my book i am pitt's memoirs of an american patriot tell your friends tell your family man you know it's a great book it's a great story and i think a lot of people will get a lot of stuff out of it and once you've done that be sure to leave a review for the book and leave me a review for the show so that i can continue to grow all right ladies and gentlemen once again thank you all for tuning into the i am pitt's podcast i love you all thank you all for listening Man, I do not take you all for granted. I just want to say that again. 
thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every one of you, all right? You all take care, and I will see you on the next one.